Welcome to Career EQ, a podcast series focused on helping students navigate the beginning and early stages of their business careers. Your host, John Quinn, is a senior lecturer and director of the Consumer Packaged Goods Immersion Program at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. In each episode, we dive into a topic facing young professionals in today's ever-changing business environment. While John may not be an expert in all those areas, his academic and corporate partner guests certainly are. That being said, let's dive into our topic for today and meet this episode's guests. Technology, the pandemic, and other factors have combined to skew Gen Z's perceptions of how to effectively interact with their colleagues and may have even delayed the development of interpersonal skills that are crucial to success in the workplace. We've brought back two of our previous guests today to help shed some light on how to effectively network and connect with colleagues. Career EQ would like to welcome back Larry Inks, clinical professor at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University, and Ola Snow, Chief Human Resource Officer at Cardinal Health, a Fortune 50 company headquartered just 15 minutes up the road from campus, to help shed some light on the importance of networking. Welcome back to Career EQ, Ola and Larry. It's great to have you both back in the studio. Great to be here. Thanks, John. Ola, I know this topic is one that is near and dear to your heart. What does networking in this sense mean to you? Why is it so important, networking within your organization? Well, I mean, networking is a great way to build a group around you, um, both in your network and, quite frankly, outside your network, as you think about your personal growth, as you think about your career growth. You know, for me, why it's so important to me is I think in, throughout my career, I've been uh, I've been championed and mentored by a variety of people. It's probably what helped me get here in this seat today. But you've got to think about your career. We talk about owning our career and making sure that you have access to people that can give you good advice that can help you along that journey in your career, both personally and professionally. So that network comes in handy more often than you know it. And that network may help you in ways that you may not even um, know, but it's a great place to go to advice. It's a great place um, uh, for you to think about when you're, when you're growing your career. Yeah, it's. I noticed that when I, uh, I didn't even realize I was doing it at the time, but uh, I learned how to network within the organization. And once you kind of build that network, um, those members of the network can advise you of landmines, tell you about the organization, things you might not have ever known otherwise. Uh, and also comes into play like when it comes to evaluation time. It's like a lot of times, a lot of companies will do what they call a 360. They'll talk to your peers within the organization, talk to peers across functionally, and get your feedback. So if you haven't been networking and they and they get feedback like, well, I really don't know this person, or I've only had minimal interactions, that's not going to look good in your evaluation. Right. You know, one thing I want to pick up on, Ola was talking about the the networking, and, and it, it does. It, it exists and it continues to work even when you're not actively accessing it. Right. I mean, so, you know, someone could be thinking about you and they approach you uh, about an opportunity or about, you know, with some question or something like that. So if you think about a network almost as a vibrant living thing that you occasionally that you might tap into, but it could it could come back to you and talk with you as well. 
I like that analogy. It's a, it takes on a life of its own, and then it becomes more of a two-way thing, and opportunities, and it, once your uh, people in your network get to know you, opportunities start coming to you within the organization, maybe on projects, maybe they need somebody from your discipline to work on it, and they say, you're one of the first people they think of. John, here's something else that um, I consider part of my network, and um, I talk about truth-tellers. As executives, we need truth-tellers, and that's really just an extension of my network. So what is really happening in your organization? Um, and it's a two-way communication. And so I think about my network, not only where I can go get advice, but what I can hear about what's really happening in my organization outside of the organization. We'll get into that in a little bit. But one important thing to realize is that networking is a skill. It's You have to build that Most muscle. Definitely. It yep. is a skill. And, and quite frankly, there are just some folks that are better at it and research has told just that that men are better than women when it comes to networking. That um, that minorities uh, have the, the the most room to grow in this area. So think about that. There are people out there getting ahead through building networks. Don't think that they're not. So you want um, in your role or in as you're entering in uh, in an organization to think about how to strategically network. But it's a skill. You get better at it. It gets yep. easier and may even get. Fun fun along the way. And, and another thing I wanted to uh, highlight about what Ola said, uh, a lot of times I think people think about networks as, especially in job search, that's people at my level or higher up that can help me move forward or whatever, but the higher up you go in the organization, the more important it is to maintain, maintain networks further on down below because you want, you want information. You want to be able to talk with people. You want people to trust you. You know, you want to have your ear to the ground and know what's going on. So... Yeah, and when you have that network at your level or below, that actually helps your advancement within the organization right. because you have more support. And um, so, I suspect internal networking does not come very naturally to most twenty-somethings. Uh, what advice can you offer them to help them get started? You're talking; it's a skill. What are some of those tools in that toolkit that uh, they can develop to help them learn how to network and how they start? actually getting out there to begin networking because that's it's kind of hard that first few steps can be the hardest but once you get used to it it becomes a little more natural so what sort of advice would you give 20 somethings about getting started and the skills they need to network effectively within their organization well, I'll start us off, and this will feel a little bit like a, a laundry list, but you don't have to do all of these things, but it's a little bit like a cafeteria menu, right? Take what feels good to you, what's, what's most natural to you. you know. And we, all, we also talked about, John, some of this when we did our last podcast is, you know, first of all, find your moments that matter where you show up, right? Make sure that you're being seen, that you have access to that leadership. But here's a few things. Um, to think about. You know, most organizations have employee resource groups or business resource groups in some way, um, and they usually have an executive that's tied to that um, as well. So making sure that you think about networking as an opportunity to also learn, I think, is a great um, way. You know, we have seven ERGs at our organization, and we not only invite those that you would belong to necessarily that affinity, but those those champions or those allies along the way. So get involved, join an ERG, uh, connect with other professionals along the way. You know, if you have an opportunity, a lot of 
organizations also have early career advancement kind of programs. Get involved in those. Um, they could just be as simple as lunch and, and learns, or they could be um, organizations or programs that are more formal from from your um, from your company or your organization. As as we said earlier, this really does teach us skills to navigate the organization. It builds connections, and it also is going to help you on your career path along the way. I think um, there are going to be formal networking opportunities, um, but just pick up the phone like we talked about last time and grab a grab a colleague for lunch, grab an executive for lunch. Um, most organizations have mentor programs. I think this is yep. probably one of the best ways to start building your network. Mentors and sponsors love to introduce you to their network yep. and be prepared. Think about that. Come with an agenda. Come with what you want to do, but take advantage of any mentorship program that you can get your, your hands on as well. Um, I'll tell you one of the best ways to build my network and to grow my career was just doing some stretch assignments or what I'd call volunteer voluntold, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. But those are the opportunities that you have to learn something outside your day job. It's going to get you access. It's going to get you noticed. And I uh, I think it's a great way for you to, to learn as well. Now, I talked about um, as you meet folks or have access to people's networks, come prepared. Make sure that you ask a lot of questions, um, that you that you have something to offer them as well. Add value back. Right, add yep. value yep. back. Um, but take advantage of those meaningful in-person opportunities. Um, we know that uh, be flexible, all of those things. So I think, again, if you can just get involved, that, I mean, that is, that's a broad statement, but just get involved in whatever way you can. You're going to, meeting people just leads to meeting other people, which builds those networks along the way. Yeah, yep. You mentioned formal and informal. Uh, so like, don't skip those formal meetings. Uh, those are, they might be somewhat painful or boring, but you want to be, you want to make sure you're seen there. You have an opportunity to meet some people, but also kind of keep your finger in the pulse on the informal ones. Are, are groups going out and having lunch together or, exactly. you know, and, yep. and, you know, you might want to work out at lunch, but maybe you skip that workout once in a while and you go and you join them. Uh, because Don't be afraid to ask people uh, to introduce you to people. If you go down to the cafeteria and you're with a colleague and they're like, oh, hey, there's Ola and say, oh, you know what? I, I worked with her on a project. I've had many people say, hey, would you mind introducing me um, to Ola? So yeah. I get introduced or have been known to do that in my career, right? Be smart and strategic about it. I mean, uh, we know that access and, and opportunity are two things that, that, that help in a career. So making sure that you're adding value, but also don't, not being even afraid to just as a simple introduction sometimes yeah. helps a lot. Being way. proactive. Right. Don't be afraid to, to meet people. Don't be afraid to introduce yourself to people. Um, you know, also, a lot of what you're talking about, students can be doing here as well. You know, you think about joining clubs, um, going to speaking engagements, going to, you know, watching, getting outside your comfort zone. But expose yourself to other people, you know, meet people. Um, and then the other thing is that these are relationships. That's what we're fundamentally talking about here. Maintaining those relationships is a skill. 
right? I mean, so I, I personally think the most valuable networks uh, or networking is when there's authenticity, when people are authentic. And so when you think about some of the skills, be good at listening. You know, listen to other people. Help them feel important when you're in that discussion. Yeah. Uh, understand I, what their challenges yeah, are. Yeah, understand what their challenges are. You're building a relationship. It's not just, you know, t- totally a tactical kind of thing, you know, for, for achieving your ends. But you're building a genuine relationships along the way that hopefully are going to stay, again, vibrant. Um, another good one, Gordon Gee, who used to be the president of the university, was phenomenal at this. Remembering people's names. He would, he was, he could meet somebody one time and he would remember their name and he would, I had students come up to me and say, I met this guy one time, I saw him a year later and he called me by name when I was walking across the oval. So it's amazing. Um, yeah, but again, I think it's the, the proactive. Don't don't be afraid to get outside your comfort zone, and introduce yourself. The other thing is, uh, for students, if you've got a guest speaker come into class, ask questions after the session is over. Go up, introduce yourself to them, talk with them. Uh, I, it's amazing to me the number of people that just kind of file out, and there's all kinds of opportunities they're missing. Yeah, I'm always excited when I have a guest lecture and I see a line to talk to him or her, yep. and I was like, you know, that's like. I'm proud of my students when they do that. Also, even um, don't hesitate to network with your professors, too, because Absolutely. especially if you have professors who come from industry, like Larry and I both have over 20 years of experience in industry. Uh, we have we have our own networks. We could potentially, I, when students reach out to me, even in huge classes of over 200 students, if a student reaches out to me and says, hey, can I talk to you about career paths and networking? I will always take that meeting. Yep. You know, and once I get, when I understand what they're, learn what some of their goals are, it's like, you know what? I know somebody in that industry. Would you like an introduction? So uh, look at your faculty as uh, potential networking opportunities too. Yeah, let's go down that, um, let's go down that social media aspect too. Like mm-hmm. if you don't belong to LinkedIn, you should. Absolutely. Right? It's yep. a great way to, uh, to broaden that network. And um, many executives are, um, are really active on on that network and other networks. We know that it's a powerful way to attract and develop and retain employees um, and candidates. So build that network through there, and don't be afraid um, to to reach out and and extend an, an invitation, even if it's to um, a fellow coworker or even an executive. Right? I see that somebody works at Cardinal. I'm going to accept it. Like I might not accept you, John, but I will accept just. <laughs> Kidding. Um, I think we I are connected. Said, no, I'm yeah. just kidding. We are connected. But building that network um, from there, um, one thing I want to say, because I do think that it's a skill, and I loved what Larry said about being proactive. Be proactive. Don't be pushy. There's yes. a difference. Yes, right? there's very much of a difference. There is very much of a difference. Yep. Come genuine, come vulnerable, yep. come authentic. Those are things we always talk about. Don't come pushy yep. or expecting something. Because um, you might automatically put people on the defensive. You then. absolutely oh, yeah. They'll shut are. down. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But love the proactive approach. And, uh, absolutely. The other thing on the LinkedIn thing, um, we all get lots of requests. I think it's a good idea to personalize a little bit. Rather than just saying, I'd like to connect, say, I saw you, you know, you were a guest speaker at my class, really enjoyed what you were saying, I'd like to connect. That's yeah. going to get people. And even if you attention. talk to them afterward, just remind them of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was a student, you know, we had this conversation. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah, I remember this person now. Yeah, I'll connect with them. 
Well, how about generational differences? Now, I'm looking across the table, and I, no offense, I don't think I see any millennials here, uh, and we definitely don't see any we Gen Z. We still get our IDs checked, I think, all the time. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm technically not a boomer. I just want to put that on the oh, record. Oh, so we're Gen Xers okay, then, that's which, right. which is upsetting because they always forget about us. They do forget about <laughs> us. Like, yeah. The Gen X is the, is the bitter generation. Early in my career, it was all of it, it, Spoken by a true boomer. We drove... Yeah, no, I'm at the tail end of the boomers. Are you an Xer? I'm, I am much more of an Xer than I am a boomer. I'm at the mm. very tail end of the boomers, but I am I feel more like an Xer. We drank water out of the garden hose. You know, we played until 9 o'clock, and our parents didn't want us to come back. We had no cell phones. No, and we yes. were the generation uh, where our parents had to be reminded that you have kids. It's 10 yeah, o'clock. We watch a lot of reruns. you know where your kids are? <laughs> Remember those things I, that came I out? I probably told my parents, I shouldn't admit this, I probably told my parents I was going to the movie every Friday night, and I don't know that I ever went to a movie on it. And okay, I think we're to not going to talk about what you did. No, no, no. No, 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 but I'm just, no. It's so funny to think about um, the differences when we were, oh, when we were young. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I went to movies every yeah, you know, Early in my career, it was all about the baby boomers. And then midway through my career, or later in my career, it was all about millennials. I was like, what about us, the Gen Xers? Right. But, but what about those generational differences when it comes to networking? Ola, what are you seeing in the workplace regarding uh, generation, generational differences? The Gen Zs are just starting to join Cardinal Health now versus the Millennials or us Gen Xers uh, or baby boomers. Like, do you feel like there's different expectations? And when you try to network across generations, what sh- uh, should Gen Zers keep in mind? Well, there's a Gartner study that just came out um, that showed that Gen Zers don't feel prepared to navigate the office social environment. Um, And I think Xers and Boomers are probably better prepared to do that. COVID didn't help. And COVID obviously didn't help that. Um, I know that, you know, Gen Zers can learn from uh, older generations on how to navigate that office environment, as, you know, we've talked about a couple times in this podcast, um, and give that that valuable um, uh, advice and things like that. But there's also things that I think Gen Z can really help um, the older generation when we think about technology and AI. And so there's a lot to learn um, from each other. I think some of the the differences are are very, you know, obvious um, in the fact that, um, you know, Gen Zers like to to text. They like to, um, you know, be more in the office when they want to be or they feel like they need to be. Although that's increasing um, uh, every day. We talked about that in our in our last podcast. In fact, but I do think they they still there's a lot of still need for connection. I don't think that changes no. across the generations. It's just how we connect, how often we connect may be some differences. So, you know, I um and I think it can be different by person too. I, I talk to my daughter every day. That's part of my network. You know, I talk to my son every third day because that's just what he would the prefer. Cadence he prefers, right? The cadence he prefers. So you have to get a little bit of a feel from that as well. You know, we talked about email um, as well and making sure that you're making those connections and emails and those follow ups and that it's not just uh, an email is not a text. So making yeah. sure. Um, that you're using those those forms of communication in the right way. Um, but, you know, I do think that a generation comes into place, and I don't think anything will ever take the place of a good old 
old-fashioned, let's just meet for 30 minutes over a cup of coffee and have a conversation, especially when it comes to networking, right. really understanding um, what is uh, what are the goals of folks, to your point, what do you want to do, um, which is why we do at our organization called our Time to Talks at least four times a year, which just focus on career development face-to-face. Might be on Zoom if you're a remote employee, but we like to do those in person, but making sure that you take advantage of that time together. When I was at PepsiCo, we used to do those kind of things. We would encourage people to do them, go out for breakfast, you know, go to Denny's or go to um, uh, Bob Evans or something, because when you're you're walking in and you smell coffee and pancakes, it's pretty hard to be formal. It kind of lends itself to an informal setting. I also want to pick up on a point you were talking about with uh, uh, texting versus emailing. And I get this. I still get this, and I talk with students about it. Just takes some uh, some focus, but it's amazing the number of times I'll get an email that looks like a text. You know, I, I, whenever I send a te- an email out, there is always a greeting, right? There's a you know good afternoon, and there's the body, and then there's a the ending, the salutation, or whatever it is. Um, you know, take care, you know, Doctor Inks or whatever. And I get emails just that are just. I had one a uh, couple of years ago, years ago. When and where is our final? That was it. Yeah. Uh, the no name, nothing. And it was no from, section. No, and it no was from number. it was from crazy guy at gmail dot com or something <laughs> like that. You know. So I mean, and again, it's not really hard to do, but just we're we're so used to texting. Just recognize that you know the the modalities are different, and you want to be professional because it, you know it could turn somebody off. That's actually going to be a, a nice plug there for my upcoming episode about uh, proper communication in the workplace because. Definitely feel there's some opportunity there. I think you've also got to understand a little bit about the culture of an organization when you get in. And again, Mm -hmm. you can use people to help you kind of figure that out. When we have uh, executives or new people that I get to kind of help onboard and people say, you know, tell me about um, the organization, I always say to them, um, people are going to ask you about your weekend. Like, they really care, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, don't just jump. Know how to take the cues. Now, that may not be the organizational culture and that you just need to dive into the subject at hand and nobody cares about your weekend. But I always tell people, hey, when people ask you how their weekend is, they want to hear something. Yeah. They don't want to hear, like, the whole three days' worth, but give right. them the highlights. And ask back, too. It, it right. is, right? right. Ask, ask them back, too. Ask yeah. them back. Absolutely. Like, hey, how was, your, how was your weekend? Hey, what's going on? And that... Especially if you know something specifically about their life. Exactly. This is still about building relationships. And whether it's your formal or your informal, um, you know, take notice that if you saw them, an executive, do a post on LinkedIn and you run into them in the the hallway, say, hey, I saw your post on on LinkedIn, uh, really liked it. You know, comment on that. So um, just taking those opportunities informally, I think, is important, no matter what the generation. And, And to, to be able to do it as part of who you are as a person. I mean, because you could say, well, that's not hard to at all, but I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to, I got a laundry list of things I'm going to do, you know, to build my networks and all that. Well, that's fine. But to the extent that you just incorporate them into your being, you know, care about other people, care about uh, how they're doing, approach them. I mean, the more you can do that, the more it becomes automatic, you know? Yep. Yep. So, you know, it took me a few years in my career to get good at networking with the organization. I didn't even realize what I was doing, but like I realized I had to do it to be more effective. Um, and then uh, about halfway through my career, it took me that long to get good at networking outside of my organization. But once I started building that network and uh, working that network and keeping it 
thriving and, and keeping in touch with it. Uh, I never applied for another job again. Like my, I, every opportunity yep. in the second half of my career came to me. I, or, and and I had the inside track on that opportunity, and maybe I had to fill out an application after I already interviewed as a formality. They had to have the paperwork on hand, but like uh, eventually, if you get good at it, you get sort of a flywheel effect going, right? Um, and I want to talk a little bit about the importance of keeping up your network, even when you're gainfully employed and you're even happy where you are. Let's talk a little bit about that. Like so, the. The task of networking doesn't stop when you're happy in your job, right? You should. What's the importance of keeping up that network even when you are gainfully employed? I think it's important to keep it up because you can be helping other people as well. And again, you think of you know, think about the the network as a, a vibrant, living thing, and you're going to be act, you're going to be touching it, accessing it, and they're going to people are going to be coming to you. So I think it's just that, yeah, it's it's really important for a number of reasons. Um, I'll add a few here. So I think having an external network um, helps you also learn, right? It helps you uh, help people, but it also helps you um, learn. And I will tell you um, this. It's, it is sometimes harder, and here's why it's harder, is because you've got a job. You, you may be moving on through your life to get married, have kids. You just got a lot on your plate, right? And you're like, I'm happy. I just got to get through my days, get through this work. Why would I want to network outside? It just takes more of that time. But it is important. Um, you never know when you might need that network. Right. And I was terrible at it for the first um, several years of, of my career. Yeah, me too. And I had a, a mentor that said, you need to go out and build this these relationships outside. And during the pandemic, when I led our internal um, uh, pandemic efforts, um, a local, our I'm, I, association of uh, uh, HRPA, which is the policy association out of, out of Washington that helps um, CHROs, and I'd always been a part of that group, but the local CHROs um, came together um, sometimes twice a week during the heat of the pandemic and just talked. We talked about contract tracing and everything in between about what was happening, how to support our employees during mental health. And I always looked at it as, hey, if John Beckel at Ohio Health is doing something really creative, why can't I do that? Why would I want to recreate the wheel every single time? Um, and so um, it's a great way to rely on people to say, hey, what are you doing? Now, you, there's some rules along that when you're working with, you know, what would be competent Competition, so you're not breaking any laws or anything, but building that network and that group of professional friends almost that you can phone a friend and say, hey, just wondering what you guys are yep. doing in the space of talent acquisition. Turnover is going crazy. What are you guys doing some creative things to help your turnover? That brings out, we call, I know you guys talk about outside in thinking. That's outside in thinking that yep. you're bringing to your own organization. Regulation, how, what are you guys doing to prepare for it? And honestly, in your own network, it's a safe place to go to go, this doesn't feel right sometimes. 
Um, so whether you're a manager or you're a CHRO, you can use that external network. And then, you know, if if you um, are on a job search, half your work's already done. Like you said, John, you don't have to go out and, and look for a job. People are coming to you. Um, so it's part about building that brand, too. We talk about building that internal brand of yourself. Mm-hmm. Those are things that I think the external. And you have to be very deliberate about it because it's a time sucker um, where family, friends, work may fill your plate. Build that external network. I think it's really important. And maintaining the network, too. Think about it from the other side. If somebody feels like the only time that you come to them is when they need something, yep, that's that's not a good thing. No, those Thursday, how long ago did you and I work together? Yeah, it's like 20, 20, 20, years, years, 20 years ago. It's a perfect example yeah. of... And, and to be honest, I was this lowly person on the totem pole back when Larry and I worked together. So he was like, you know, this big vice president or senior vice president that I looked I up was. to. I was. <laughs> Hard as it is to believe now, but <laughs> you know, would just smack me down when I tried to head to oh, a meeting. I'm just kidding, but we've stayed in contact, right? right? I come and speak to his classes, um, and I can call him when I need something. Like, hey, I heard something about this research going on, and and so we stay connected through that way too. And I think it, to that point, yeah. we learn and help each other. I think those are things that you have to think around. And yeah, the earlier yeah. you start, the better it is. The other thing I think is when it's when it is. I know I keep hitting the authenticity thing, but when it's an authentic and it's a relationship that has strong roots, you don't necessarily, I mean, you don't talk with somebody for three or four or five, six months. And when you t- connect with them again, the roots are strong and it doesn't feel like right. you're, you're only coming to me because you need something. Yeah. yeah. On my way here today, I talked to a CEO of a company that I worked with six or seven years ago. I haven't, I got his Christmas card. He got my Christmas card. He said, Hey, I just got your Christmas card. Let's connect. I hadn't talked to him in probably a good 18 months. We had a great 25 minute conversation, heard about what's going on with his kids, has a fresh met the Fisher School of Business, by the way. Um, but it was a way just to stay connected. And if I need something, I can pick up the phone and right. say, hey, I need this. Can you help me out? And he would yep. absolutely yeah. help. Yeah, that, the importance of maintaining the network and, and nurturing it, uh, not letting it atrophy. Because if you do let it atrophy, there might be some point when you do need that network. Mm-hmm. And if you let it atrophy, then you're starting all over again. Yeah. Uh, and always adding back to that network, too. But when people are asking you for help, making sure that you're helping them out as much as possible. I always try to, when you know, somebody from my network comes back and asks me for something, I pretty much bend over backwards to try to help them to do it. Uh, because... You know, it's it's out of respect for the relationship, and uh, you know it, it's got to be two way. You know, uh, just a side comment. Uh, a couple of weeks ago during finals, uh, we had final presentations in this one class. Speaking of my network, I had t- it's an Amazon immersion class. Well, I had two students who were currently uh, now former students currently working for Amazon. They were in the presentations. I had one student as part of the client. They were in the presentations. And I was like, look, and I'm looking at this four, and, uh, and there's four former students of mine, all judges on the panel. So that was really cool, you know? And it's like, you know, a building, and you know, even though there's many decades between myself and those students, that they're becoming part of my network now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so it's, it's just a great thing to see. Um, so when once conducting these networking conversations, um, talk a little bit about like being intentional, being respectful of the person's time, uh, and kind of having 
an informal objective? Like, how important is that when you're having these conversations? I think you want to be you want to be thoughtful about why you're wanting to spend some time with somebody. If you're thinking about your career, you're thinking about things that you want to learn, directions you want to go. I think that's important. But it's also little things like put the phone away. Don't be checking your phone. You know, you. I, I heard uh, this was apparently true about Bill Clinton. Probably a lot of people, but people would say when he was talking with you, you were the most important yep. thing. I've heard him. that about him too. Yeah. Right, and so you know, th- there's skills like that that I think are important to just to make that interaction really, really meaningful. I think being authentic, being flexible, coming prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, don't show up if you just want. A job from somebody you want to you want to learn from but making that um you know as we said uh mutually beneficial bringing something to to um contribute as well so again um I think it's just those are the th- those are probably the hardest ones is when you're sitting down in that more networking meeting formally, um, especially if it's somebody maybe that's higher up than you. But coming prepared and being authentic, I think, yeah. are two of the main things that you should think about. Yeah. yeah. One other thing, too, and this is may seem tangential, but I think it's pretty important and that it's act with integrity. Right. I mean, take the high road in your life, because when you do that, oh no, that 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 impacts all your relationships you know build have a reputation be known as somebody who is you know has high integrity has strong values who cares about people because i think then in just all the little interactions it will it helps you know as opposed to uh you know if you don't do that and it could it could taint kind of your image with people so well a couple of sense a couple times you talked about when you're having these conversations about not being too aggressive or forward about it. It's like once you're having these conversations and you're talking about maybe your career path and what your goals are, if that person in the meeting knows of an opportunity, they're going to let you know about it, right? If you if you ask directly for it, you automatically put them on the defensive. And it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. this person's asking me for a job. And that's going to that's gonna have a detrimental effect, uh, effect on the relationship. So... If they have an opportunity, let them, you know, but also when you have these meetings, I think an important thing is asking, uh, well, now that we've kind of talked about some of the things I'm trying to achieve, do you have any suggestions of anybody else I should talk to? Right. Yep. Because that's an opportunity to build your network. Sure. You know, and that's going to be much more valuable down the road than asking that person if they have an opportunity, right? Is that you're building that network. You're expanding the size of your net, per se. You know, I use this term voluntold a lot. You guys uh, I like that term. I'm going to start using that. I like I that. Do. No, I, yeah. And, and the reason I use it is because in some of these conversations that I've had throughout my career, I've said to folks, um, hey, if there's an opportunity for a stretch assignment or a project that I could help on, I'd love to do it. Well, you know, a week later, I got um, uh, assigned to one of the project teams to do the first um, acquisition I'd ever done and a business that I didn't support at the time. So, you know, I kind of volunteered to say, hey, if there's anything, if there's a project or something that I can learn and and um, and take advantage of, and then a week later I got voluntold, oh, oh, we'll do that, right? So it's sometimes, I love these leadership development programs. They help us grow, but you're going to grow and learn the most from, 
um, those kind of projects, those kind of um, that work that's going to actually be you're going to dig in. Both are important in your career and your career development and growth, but just making sure um, that you kind of put yourself out there, that you're willing to do the mm, hard work, absolutely. that you're willing to do more, I think has been uh, was helpful, obviously, in, in my career. So I, I would say just making sure that you're creating an environment where you come ready, um, and I think that's... Um, that's the difference between proactive and maybe pushy, if that makes sense. I want to use the word embrace opportunities. Embrace opportunities to meet people, embrace opportunities to learn new things, embrace opportunities to, to serve, to work on projects that might be fairly you know, challenging, that could be a little scary to get into, but those are the ones that you're going to learn the most from. Yeah. And people will remember that, they right? Will. They yeah. will remember um, that you put yourself out there, um, and you're going to get exposure that you may not even realize that you get. So when you have these networking meetings, um, what are your suggestions how to best follow up? We talked about maintaining and uh, the network and uh, keeping in touch with folks. I know that a lot of times once I have these type of meetings, there will be topics that might come in conversation. Then I see an article in an e-newsletter that comes across and I say that directly pertains to our conversation. I'll say, hey, did you see this article? I mean, you may have, but I thought this really, t- you know, really brings to light some of the th- things that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, how would you recommend, what are some of the nuts and bolts of tactics of things that you can do to keep that relationship going? So first of all, kind of after that first initial networking meeting, goes back to what Larry keeps talking about, send a professional email just thanking people yep. for their time, um, maybe uh, reiterating or what are some things showing those good listening schools, skills of what you're going to take away. Um, and then, you know, being just a check-in, hey, would you mind if I followed up with six months, maybe we could meet again or... That could be, you know, that could be monthly. So set some cadence if it's um, applicable for you to do that. Um, And then take advantage of those informal times, too. If you hear that person speaking, make sure that you show up. If they're leading a volunteer event, why not help and show up? If it's a peer, just, again, it just could be as simple as as grabbing lunch. Hey, let's grab lunch um, every once in a while. And sometimes you will see that paradigm shift a little bit where sometimes you might be the one suggesting things. Uh, it may be the inverse that they start saying, hey, let's meet on a quarterly basis. I, you know, again, find this really valuable. But again, I think just making sure that you are um, creating those authentic touch points. Um, don't get stuck in the form- formality of, uh, of the situation always, but just making sure that you're kind of strategic in, um, in, in how you connect with them. Yeah. Um- you know, there's a thing called reverse mentoring. You know, you talked about mentoring relationships before, but reverse mentoring is where, say, for technology, you could have somebody, you know, senior executive in their 50s or 60s, and they've got a mentee who's in their 20s or, you know, mid-20s or something. And part of what they're learning maybe is, is some technology. Now, I think all three of us are very great at technology, oh, of course. I'm, I'm yeah, fabulous, we, yes. Yeah, we're fabulous. But um, well, my son has to set up my Alexa for me, but the other than that, I'm okay. Uh, okay, but, but you get the point. And so, to, you know, to, to your point, Ola, um, 
I think you'll find that they could find value in those interactions too, and take the opportunity to provide some value. You know, and if there's, and they might then they might be sending you a note saying, "Hey, you know, I've got this issue going on. Do you have any thoughts on that?" The more that you can uh, do that, the better. And you're demonstrating your engagement with the industry, the category, or the company, and uh, and that usually has a very positive impact on your networking. Uh, touch points and well and and the people you're networking with you know Ola, you made an important distinction there about networking like across similar levels or peers versus networking upward like uh, so say you're early in your career and you're fortunate enough to be able to network into an svp or c level type person what are some of your advice what is some some advice you could provide there when you're networking multiple levels up and you're, you're fortunate enough to get time with somebody like that because quite honestly, it's a different protocol, right? It is. And, you know, I always say kind of, again, come prepared, but be able to, um, you know, I, I know this is repetitive, but you know, be prepared to, to give something back to that executive. Um, you would be surprised about how many employees that I have in my cell phone. And I do that. Um, I mean, I will say, hey, let's stay connected. Let me send you my cell phone if there's something that comes up. Now, that may seem really strange to people, but it's something because I've gotten a connection with that person and that after a town hall, I can email some or text some folks and say, hey, how did that resonate? And I'll get mm. that feedback back. So yeah. I, I call that um, I call that that group of, of folks my truth tellers, right? They're going to, but you got to come courageous, not complaining, but courageous and be able to say, I may say to you, hey, how's this really, how's this project's really going? If you just give me the typical oh, I think it's going great, and I know it's not going great. Okay, great. You just want access to me, and I'm probably going to be very nice to you, but like, I want somebody to be authentic and courageous back to me and say, and bring forth um, uh, some problem solving, some ideas, right? Some, um, some, you know, truly being able to make things better. So I do think, again, it goes back to the, the pushiness don't expect something from an executive if you have access to them but being able to authentically connect with them and making sure that you know that you appreciate their time that you've learned something that if there's any way that um that that you can help that executive those are good touch points we're just people just like um anybody else um and hopefully the executives that you come in contact are, are authentic but um, I think that um, there is a thirst right now um, from executives to really learn from this generation. Um, it's a courageous um, generation, so you're not really afraid of anybody. You want to give back. You really care, and you choose organizations. So be curious upwards, but let them be curious um, with with you, too. I spend a lot of time talking what I call my kind of Ola's let's chat and I'll just get in a room and answer questions. I'll ask questions. Um, I've done it with our interns every single year. I just get in there and say, why tell me what 
um, matters to you about the, the organization you're going to ultimately choose to join when you um, graduate from college. I take that right back up to my CEO. Mm-hmm. That is, you have yes. a lot of valuable information to help people like me know that we can stay competitively advantaged against our competitors because it comes down to people. So don't be afraid to, to give your opinion. Don't be afraid, respectively, obviously, but don't be afraid to, um, to, uh, to answer questions truthfully, even if they're tough ones. I really like what you said about uh, complaining versus being courageous and not coming to just problems, but with solutions. A a mentor of mine at Yum drilled that into my head early in my career. It's like, don't come to me with just problems. Uh, I don't mind hearing about problems, but I want to hear about your solution to it too. And that's, that really to the point where my family makes fun of me because like I say that to all my, every member of my family is okay, what's your solution to this issue? Right? Because you should be thinking through that. Like if you see an opportunity, if you see something that can be improved, don't just complain about it. Think about how would you go about solving this problem and bring that to your to your peers and your supervisors. Yep. I remember when I was a director in HR, I uh, had a client who was the uh, chief customer officer at one point. He wasn't at that point, but he 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 ended up being the chief um, uh, commercial officer, customer officer for us. And I remember he looked across the table at me and he said. He was Southern, too, so I love this. He was like, you're not afraid of anyone, are you? And I said, should I be afraid of you? And he said, no, but so many people are that they don't want to tell me what's really going on. And he is still a sponsor of mine today. Um, and I can call him and we can, you know, shoot the breeze or we can uh, talk about careers and, and, and hard topics. But it's that authenticity of, look, I'm going to bring who I am. And you know what? If you can't bring who you are to your job, um, then you don't belong at that no, company. It's the wrong place for it's you. It's the wrong yeah. place for yeah. you. Yeah. So don't be afraid. There's another one. We can all go out and find another job yep. tomorrow. But... Um, But don't be afraid to bring who you are, but making sure that you do it in a respectful way. But you have a lot of great information um, that I just don't have on a daily basis of what's really going on in our organization. And if I just read every email that came in the door, we're either the worst or the absolute best. So it's always something in the middle. So that's where you've got to build that network. So don't be afraid. I know a lot of my... Um, truth tellers out there who are 20 or 30 or you know just coming out of college that I might and they're like how'd you like why is Ola like you so much and it's just that authenticity mm-hmm. and that that honesty and yeah. that coming forward to make want to make things better I and that could be through an ERG that could be through a, a lot of different ways but I love creativity I love people who want to stand out um, and that just want to make our workplace a better place those are the things that are going to catch people's eyes yeah. And and the reason that people feel comfortable coming to you and talking with you though is because they feel they trust that you, you know they trust who you are as a person. They trust that you're you know, that you're going to listen. And so those those characteristics I think are really important. And I think one of the most important things that I heard um, in our conversation today was just when you're talking about uh, networking at all levels. Right. I mean, I almost think about it like it's it's as you rise, your network is a sphere around you. And as you rise, you're going to have more of more of that sphere, those connections that are below you. But you want to keep all those connections active. You want to keep all those collections or connections high quality, you know, because it's a vibrant again, it's a vibrant, dynamic thing. But who you are as a person impacts so much of the strength of those relationships. 
I'd like to thank our returning guests today, Ola Snow from Cardinal Health and Larry Inks from the Fisher College of Business here at The Ohio State University. If it weren't for the power of networking, I doubt we could even have two people of your relative statures to sit down and talk to us. Thank you very much. Great to Thanks. be here. Thank Thanks, you. John. Please check the webpage for additional related links and the resources on this topic. Career EQ is brought to you by the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. We'd like to thank our production crew, including our producer, Doug Carraway, for making this possible, and the Office of Career Management, dedicated to supporting our business school students in the launch of their careers. See you next time at Career EQ.